Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. Hey, this is Josh. And what's the date? I'm exhausted. I believe it's the 29th of <laughs> September. Oh, my God. October is almost here. Uh, yeah, so we'll be chatting about uh, the upcoming week. So what is that? September 30th to October 6th, 6th? I believe. I pulled up the uh, Mayfair schedule on the old laptop. I've been terribly busy lately and, and uh, been guilty of not spending enough time at the theater and watching movies all the time. But uh, yeah, so from September 30th to October 6th, so we're kind of officially in our October month, which for many of our patrons is favorite time of the year with Halloween era or Halloween time type screenings. Yeah, we're getting into the uh, the horror time of year. And I think, so we have one starting up this Friday, although it's starting in September, I think it classifies as a Halloween time type movie, especially since it's called Demon. And it's uh, one of our Ottawa premieres. This is about the legend of Dubuque. It's yeah. like a Jewish uh, horror legend or Jewish demon. And I don't know if it's a horror movie per se. It looks great. It looks really good. Um, but yeah, so it's about the mythology of um, a demon possessing, in this case, uh, the groom. Mm-hmm. Not a wedding. At a wedding and ruining the wedding. And so I, and, and, <laughs> ruining the wedding. And because I tend to kind of steer away from reviews and trailers before I see a movie. I'm not sure how far the movie goes, but that's kind of the 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 pitch of the film is that it's a it's a, a, a Polish film and it's about uh, yeah a Jewish legend of a demon demon causing trouble at a wedding and it won uh, best feature at the uh, fantastic fest in austin yeah which is a great film festival which anytime we manage to get a film that did well there is a uh, a nice bonus uh but yeah so that i guess kind of kicks off our halloween season so that's uh if you're looking for a uh, scary theme film that's uh one for this week or you could watch it on its encore uh screening uh and officially watch it in october mm-hmm but, uh, but yeah, as always, we have a lot of, uh, I kind of made a joke earlier this week that if it was financially viable, we would love to play horror movies all month long. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't like that, though. No, but uh, so we, we split the difference. We have a lot of uh, good scary films coming up, but also uh, some, uh, I don't know, are, and it, whenever I'm thinking about non-genre films, I always say regular films, which isn't correct, <laughs> <laughs> but um the one I'm most excited about this week is actually our, our matinee, our, our, our family matinee this mm-hmm. weekend, is uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes, from uh, Leica Animation. Leica, Leica, I think it's Leica. But they're, they kind of have, for in, in my opinion, they have the, the Edgar Wright streak going where they haven't made a bad film yet. Right. They're a bit different because they have different directors coming in. But uh, this is the team that did uh, Coraline... Paranorman, Box Trolls, and now Kubo, Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, their films are amazing. I, I went to see, uh, at the Animation Festival, they had an outdoor screening of Coraline, mm-hmm. which is, outdoor screenings are always a bit iffy, and this was, it was a lot of fun, but it was the first night where it was like, oh, fall is here, and I, so I think everyone was a little freezing, Yeah, and, uh, you know, outdoor projectors aren't exactly the <laughs> height of quality, but... They passed around the little armature that they used for Paranorman. So I got to hold Paranorman in my hands and play with him a little bit. 
and they were talking about Kubo. There was a guy there who has quite a cool job. He just basically goes to festivals and schools and talks about how cool Laika is. Mm-hmm. And so he said in this film, and it's all the normal, watch any behind the scene about stop motion. And it's, it's just ridiculous. You're just like, it's so hard. It's, it's, it's making a movie is hard. Uh, doing traditional animation is hard, but just the, the routine of just physically taking a puppet mm-hmm. and moving it the tiniest bit and then having 24 frames a second. And it's not like usually in animation, there's a character animator and you're doing the character. Mm-hmm. But often in stop motion, you're doing everything. So if there's a tree in the background or a little bird or a car going by, you just, it's so much work to move all this stuff. And I forget what he said, but it's like, you know, on a good week, they're doing they're doing seconds. Like each animator a week working mm-hmm. eight hours a day mm-hmm. does a, a handful of seconds of work for a 90 minute movie um and kubo has a puppet most of the puppets are kind of what you would think you know they're action figure size yeah but there's a there i guess the villain or a monster in kubo is an 18 foot tall puppet oh wow and yeah so i'm really glad we got a hold of it it's uh if you're not familiar with Leica, they're they just it's beautiful stuff there's just something about stop motion that you you can see it it has a life to it and this is a bit different than their other films because Coraline and Paranorman and Box Trolls all had a bit of a gothic sense to them. They had all mm-hmm. three of them had, well, the first had like you know ghosts or, or or monsters, and all of them, including Kubo, has a, a kid angle. It's always like a kid. Yeah, this has character. got like a Japanese samurai kind of thing. Yeah, to so it. so it's a very different different uh, turn for them and. It, it looks amazing. Uh, some of the voice cast, I know Matthew McConaughey's in it and Charlize Theron. So it's got some A-list uh, actors showing up uh, voicing the characters. But uh, yeah, so we have that this weekend at one thirty and 1 o'clock on October 1st and 2nd. And on starting on Friday, we have a film called Equity with um, Anna Gunn from Breaking Bad. This is a Wall Street thriller. Yeah, and I... Never heard of it, but it won an award at Sundance or was nominated for an award at Sundance. Um, Anna Gunn's, uh, yeah, what did it? Grand have? Jury Prize nominee at Sundance. Yeah, so that's pretty good. It, it it always amazes me, and I've kind of mentioned this before. Like you, you, no matter how much of a movie nerd you are, there's movies that slip by you, mm-hmm. and even sometimes those movies star Anna Gunn, who was on a <laughs> giant TV show. Well, she was in Sully. Oh, was she? Yeah, she played one of the. Uh... The airline uh, bureaucrat people. <laughs> ah, who are going after Sully. Yeah. That's and in, in this film, she plays a woman who is passed over for promotion, and then she starts her own company. Yeah. And I guess it's a little bit about, you know, women versus men, the battle of the sexes and the yeah. corporate world kind of thing. And the, and the horrors of, yeah, the corporate world and Wall Street. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she, she also did a, a, a miniseries. Again, hate to talk about TV on our podcast, but... <laughs> She was in the remake of Broadchurch with uh, David Tennant, which mm-hmm. is the British uh, cop drama, small town cop drama. So she she did that. I, I, I really love Even though it was a remake and it was one of those weird remakes where it happened really fast and it's kind of the exact same story, but just with Americans now. 
and even weirder because it was David Tennant playing the exact same character, mm-hmm. but with an American accent. So this weird alternate universe. Mm-hmm. But she was in that and great. I, I, I'm sure it's one of those people can you know, came out of nowhere. But she didn't come out of nowhere. She's just been a working actress for like ten years, fifteen years, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she got Breaking Bad. But uh, but yeah, it's an interesting film. And it's it's not an Ottawa premiere, but I've never heard of it before. But I think it maybe had a very small run. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, so Equity is uh, playing all week. And then our other film uh, starting on Friday is Mia Madre with John Turturro. Yeah. And it's it's, uh, it's a, an Italian film, an Italian film and a filmmaker who has pretty much won everything. Uh, I, I, and again, uh, I just know it from typing it up on the website, but he's, he's won uh, six different awards at Cannes, uh, two Golden Globes, uh, two Venice Film Festival Awards. Uh, so Nanny Moretti. Yeah, he's one of those filmmakers who is, you know, not a household name in North America, but uh, clearly has quite the international career. And, uh, and in this film itself, um, was nominated for, uh, or sorry, won an award at Cannes and was nominated for the Palme d'Or. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Turturro's in it. So I will see anything John Turturro's in. I don't think he's in the lead, but he's... Uh, <laughs> he's, he's the supporting performer. Yeah. It's about a, uh, a woman who's a filmmaker and she's dealing with the impending death of her mom. So it's a, it's a drama. It is John Turturro playing like the American John Turturro type. I guess story. I don't know. I have not seen the trailer for this. Yeah. Even when we had the poster up. It, it's you know I try to see everything, but even the poster came up and I was like, "What's this we're getting?" And but uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing it because as I said, I will see anything that John Turturro's in. And we have one very special screening uh, this Saturday. October 1st at 11 p.m. It's Smash Cut, the locally made horror comedy uh, directed by our very own Lee DeMarb, who's yeah. the Mayfair programmer. This is uh, his tribute to the works of gore filmmaker, the godfather of gore, Herschel Gordon Lewis, who passed away on Monday. Yeah, very recently. At the age of 87, he uh, he created uh, the gore film. Yeah. He did, uh, in the 60s, he made a film called Blood Feast, which was the first explicitly gory film I believe. And uh, he made a series of exploitation films, uh, biker movies, teen delinquent movies, but uh, mainly was his, his gore films. All X-rated? Would that all have been like... Uh, not X-rated. Not, this was before the rating system. Oh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> and they played in drive-ins and yeah. uh, they're, uh, they're really cool. Where was... Uh, <laughs> he would have been like right... Like fighting for screen time with... Um, Roger Corman, he must have been. That's right, the same. Yeah, era. it was around the era of, of Roger Corman's films, but his films were unique in that. I mean, it was just him and a small crew. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were. I think his films were a lot cheaper than the Corman films, which yeah. says a lot because Corman's movies were really cheap. There's... But uh, but yeah, he pretty much invented uh, blood and well, you know, explicit blood. His whole goal was like, well, how can we make a film that'll outdo the major studios what are they what are they refusing to make or what are they unable to make and he thought oh gore yeah because you know this was 1963 so you weren't really seeing that even some people today they're they're pretty you know squeamish like people who are squeamish even though the movies from decades ago can still be affected by it and even though now they have like a camp value you yeah camp is a good word these films are very campy 
Um, they're not scary. They're almost like comedies. Yeah. They're really like like John Waters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was really influenced by these films. So if, you know, if you're familiar with the works of John Waters, you're on the right track there. His films are uh, very similar. And you watch them now, but I, I always try to imagine like an average cinema goer. Um, just dumbly stumbling into a wrong movie theater. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. And in yeah. the nineteen sixties, uh, you know, in in the era of of all what we now consider these classic cinema, like a, like a Marilyn Monroe movie or Elvis movies or yeah. something. And I always imagine a film uh, a film goer back then just go. I'm going to go to a movie, and they walk in, and they're just greeted with that, and they've never seen anything like it before. They've never seen gore or horror film. Yeah, and, and like I said before, uh, this was before the rating system, so it was almost like anyone could get in. Like I think yeah. John Waters said in an interview, like you know, kids were probably going to see these films. Oh yeah, like like so my my mom would have been yeah like a in the mid '60s would have been a kid, and she's told me stories before of that of like going to a matinee being dropped off for a matinee mm-hmm. and they're playing you know village of the damned or something mm-hmm. and so nothing quite of that level but still scary movies and there's kids just getting scarred for life by watching these things um did you get to meet him when he was in town i didn't unfortunately did you no i don't know how i missed him too but yeah like uh, so like this like the film that's being screened in honor of him he's in it mm-hmm. uh and it was written by Ian and directed by Lee, so two, yeah. two Mayfair partners. So this is this is a Mayfair, yeah. movie. This is made by Mayfair people, yeah. pretty much. And Sasha Gray <clears throat> and shot at the it. Mayfair too. Yeah, shot at the Mayfair. Sasha Gray is the lead in it. Mm-hmm. And right, what was it? Right after this, she did the Sonnenberg film. I think she might have shot it before this. Okay, yeah. Um, and then maybe it came out after. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she she's in this. It's like one of her, at least one of her first mainstream yeah. non-pornographic roles. She yeah. plays a reporter who's looking for her missing sister who uh, was murdered by, like, it's this filmmaker played by David Hess who was in uh, Last House on the Left. And he, um, he makes these terrible horror films. Yeah. And uh, he wants to um, achieve realism. So he starts killing people and yeah. using their body parts in his movies. Yeah. The... Um... Yeah, so when is that? That is Saturday night. So we'll we'll try to get this. And it's free. Up. And it's a free screening. It's a free screening Saturday night at eleven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very fun film, and a good good send off to uh, to Herschel. So yeah. <clears throat> and what I know we have some other stuff this week too. We're just looking on the old website as we're. Uh, well, we have another Ottawa premiere, a Canadian film called First Girl I Loved. Yeah. Which premieres, I believe, on Saturday. Uh, before Smash Cut, that's at, uh, let's see here, Saturday, October 1st at 9 o'clock. Yeah. This film, it's another big award winner, won uh, Audience Award winner Best of Next at Sundance and River Run International Film Festival, Sarasota International Film Festival. Um, yeah, it's a love story set in high school. It's, yeah. a, I guess, a lesbian, young lesbian, <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better word, uh, yeah. love story. Yeah, and again, another... Sundance winner. It's what's really. I was just listening to a podcast, and they were talking about sometimes, even you'll you'll, you know, you make your movie. That's hard enough. Then you try to get into festivals. That's hard enough. Then you try to get out after the festivals, and that's hard. Like it's just impossible. So I love it that we're managing to get some of these type of films, um, that have screened at Sundance or the smaller festivals, because a lot of times, I'll be asked. 
often about you know some cool stuff at Fantasia or something and I'm like you just some of it just doesn't get picked up some of it is just mm-hmm. you know and it's it's it feels so bad for the filmmakers sometimes because that's kind of sometimes that that festival screenings the end of the run uh it's hard to get out onto film screens uh even even after getting a, a into some festivals so yeah it's cool to get uh, another festival type film up on screen and we try we'll get we always try if, if it sometimes people ask about stuff and i'm like it, it could be months away still like yeah like if, if it just played at sundance or if it just played at can it could be a year away um but yeah, so we uh, got a hold of another one of those. Speaking of gore films, did mm-hmm. we talk about I Drink Your Blood? I don't the think so. The 1970s. This is much like a Herschel Gordon-Lewis film. Yeah. Uh, we're showing this on the Uncensored Director's Cut, uh, HD restoration on uh, October 22nd and 23rd. This is a cannibal movie, I believe. It's it's it, cannibals with rabies. <laughs> it's like... I think I've seen this movie before, but it might have just... It sounds crazy, but there was a whole bunch of movies a lot like this. Like, very low-budget um, uh, hippies and kind of flower power and then cannibalism. Yeah, it's hippies. It's sort of like a Manson generation thing. Yeah. Hippies gone bad. And it's kind of movies like like 10,000 Maniacs. And there, there's... I've never seen it, so um, yeah. it'd be great to see it on the big screen. So, so this one is... Uh, like, I think even just like the tagline is like, is like some drugged up hippies and something goes wrong and yeah. cannibalism. Or no, no, it's um, it's this kid who wants to get revenge on these hippies who yeah. made fun of him or something. Yeah. So he he injects like meat pies or something with rabies. Yes, I think that's what it is. That is it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's coming back to me. And it's it's it. You know, sometimes director's cut could mean various things. But I look this up. The original cut of this was 73 minutes. Oh, okay. This director's cut is 83 minutes. So it's 10 minutes longer. <laughs> and 10 minutes, you know, in, in your average day, 10 minutes doesn't seem like a lot. 10 minutes in a film is an eternity. Because sometimes a film just adding like an extra 60 seconds can really change things. So so this movie's 10 minutes longer. It's restored. And I always think it's hilarious. I mean, John Waters commented on it with his own films of like, that these films that were done so on the cheap and and so low budget or so low budget so on the cheap so kind of unartistically are getting these beautiful HD restorations yeah. and looking better than they've ever looked before yeah and so this is one of them and somebody asked online if we were there I guess it was it was like double billed with another film of its kind. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Back in the day, and even oh, if, I think it was I eat your skin. It was like yeah. drink your blood, double billed. It might have been the same director too. Yeah, because you, and you, if you look it up online, you can find posters of the the double yeah. bill poster. Uh, David E. Durston uh, was the director of this film. Yeah, but we're, I was just like, no, we're just just getting this one for now. Yeah, but, you know, and, and, <clears throat> and I was I just like, you know, we're only one screen and only so many days in Halloween, and we have a, a lot of cool Halloween stuff, but. We have to uh, uh, squeeze in some stuff for the people who don't like the horrible, scary movies as well. Mm -hmm. So speaking of non-horror films, we have another film this week, a Canadian film, screening on Sunday, October 2nd, entitled Go Fish. And not only is it Canadian, I know one of the co-directors. Oh, okay. A woman named Kate Drummond, who I've worked with on a few local Ottawa production, short films, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And 
so this is it's amazing like she went basically she moved to toronto and became an actor and just kind of went through the trenches and she does some video game voiceover work and she did a whole bunch of stuff so i'm not familiar with her her co-director um but this is her co-directing co-writing feature film debut uh completely canadian and this is really her coming home to show off the film to the to her hometown audience uh so i'm expecting uh this sunday afternoon there to be a nice big crowd mm-hmm. uh, it's always very it's funny because whether it be a movie like kickboxer or yeah. a movie like go fish it's very nice to see the hometown crowd come out in support because in doing so it's kind of a one-two punch because you're supporting the filmmaker and you're supporting the mayfair uh and the idea of showing more canadian films so and yeah it's ten dollars a ticket and a dollar of every ticket is going to the coping center a charity that provides support for those coping with the loss of loved ones. So this is a film about a young woman setting out to reclaim her happiness, which she believes is attached to her beloved unicorn paddle boat that her father was forced to sell to her nemesis. Yeah. Sounds very Canadian. Very Canadian. (laughs) Super Canadian. And it's funny, when I was chatting with Kate, she was in town. What was it? We screened another Canadian film and she came to see it. And Mm -hmm. it's blanking on me which what movie it was. But I said to her, um, I just saw you at the Mayfair a few months ago in a movie and you just had a small role and, and I didn't I didn't know you were in it and it, it knocked me out. I was like, oh my God, it totally took me out of the movie. And she said, was it Room? And I'm like, it was Room. Oh, okay. So she has a very small part, uh, a couple of speaking lines, but it's it's hilarious to see somebody you know in a what had become a giant Oscar winning film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that was another, that was a film, an example of her, her, uh, working actor gig is she, she's appeared in such movies as the room, small roles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, so it'll be fun to have her come and, and show her work on the Mayfair screen. I know she was, um, excited to do that and excited to, to show her stuff at the Mayfair on her home turf here in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's coming up this weekend as well on uh, Sunday afternoon. And we've booked a couple more films, I think, since we podcasted last. Mm-hmm. One, I don't think we've talked... If we've talked about this before, I apologize, but we'll just talk about it quickly, is um, an animated film called Long Way North, mm-hmm. which is from one of the animators behind... I always get this wrong. It's Secret of Kells, I believe. I don't think there's a the in there. Secret okay. of Kells, which was an Oscar-winning animated film, or Oscar-nominated uh, animated film uh, a couple years ago. Uh, it looks just like a, a beautiful kind of 2D kid going on an adventure movie. Um, so we have that booked coming up. That's an Ottawa premiere. On the 22nd. And then <clears throat> Tower on October 21st which is a, nut, a completely opposite end of the spectrum animated film. Uh, oh, this of, sounds really interesting. It's more like... Um, it's oh, an animated recreation, animated portrayal of the um, the Texas Tower Massacre, Charles Whitman. Yeah, and it's like, uh, what's the film with Kenna Reeves and Winona Ryder in it, where it's all kind of trace animation? Um, and it, it's... it's. Oh, my mind's blanking on that <laughs> film now. 
But yeah, you, you've seen this style before where it's it's is it rotoscoping? Yeah, like okay. ro- like like super realistic because they basically they have actors and they animate over them. So it it causes this really like weird viewing experience because you're used to animation and this is kind of live action but not but uh tower is another example of a movie that's won a bunch of awards on the festival circuit mm-hmm. that premieres on the 21st of october so yeah a couple of uh non-halloween films and then on november 5th we have little sister and that is it's about an it's a nun it's a nun leaving the nunhood and going back to her punk roots oh, okay. the story that's pretty cool and it's it's got some press because uh ali sheedy's in it mm-hmm. 80s 80s icon ali sheedy is in it and uh it's uh i always go to the poster it's a cool poster <laughs> it's it not, is a cool poster it's, it's not just a, a dumb photoshopped uh headshot it's uh, actually a drawn painted poster uh we mentioned before, but we have Gimme Danger coming up. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. The story of Iggy Pop and the Stooges. And I just mentioned it because a couple of people have emailed me saying, are you guys getting Gimme Danger? And I've replied, not only are we getting it, it's on our website yep. already. <laughs> November 4th. Yeah, so a little while away, but man, I can't believe we're already booking November films. Mm-hmm. And Rocky Horror Picture Show, the Halloween edition is the 28th, 29th, and Halloween night, the 31st. Yep. And Tickets then, will be on sale soon for that. And we, I don't think last time we did a, we, we did a, I, when, last week's podcast, I interviewed Sam from Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. and Andrew did the introduction, so we missed out on kind of talking about these things together, but we booked Ghostbusters as well for the Halloween mm-hmm. the season. The original Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters. Saturday, I, October 15th. And it's, uh, yeah, the 1984 classic with, uh, I mean, it doesn't need a pitch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, it's a household word. And we were contemplating getting the other one as well, the mm-hmm. new one, which I would have been okay with. But again, it's just kind of weighing the odds of only so much time and, mm-hmm. and how many cool things. Yeah, the original's and, better. Oh, yeah. And, and and I like the new one a <laughs> Much lot. better. And uh, But yeah, the original is... It, we try to, you know, we don't have time to show all the Halloween classics all the time. Mm-hmm. So we kind of rotate them out here and there but it's been a little while since we've screened ghostbusters and i'm seeing and trying to get some like cool ghostbuster nerds to come out there i know mm-hmm. there's I, I believe there's a an, an ottawa ghostbuster um faction of yes of, uh, we've had actual ghostbusters yeah local ghostbusters yeah. in the theater well we've had we've had ghostbusters <laughs> like like people actually in the theater looking for ghosts and then we've also had uh, cool nerds in backpacks and jumpsuits. <laughs> so we've had both of them, both sides of the of the ghostbusting coin. But it's um, yeah, it's 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 oh, and one we haven't booked a date for it yet, but we have Phantasm coming mm, up. The original Phantasm, uh, <clears throat> a 4K restoration. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll have a date for that any second now. Mm-hmm. And we are showing the new Phantasm film, Phantasm Ravager, uh, Friday, October seventh. Yeah. Do you know why? He didn't direct that. Why Don Costarelli? I don't know. It? It's yeah. He he directed four of them. Yeah. Wrote and directed four of them. Now it's uh, it's a different director. He and just produced it. He's involved. Yeah. But it's it's his only. He's such. His movies are sadly so far and few in between. Mm-hmm. Like you look at his IMDb. Yeah, he did Beastmaster and yeah. a movie called Survival Quest and. And then sometimes though it's like, I I think he's just a great example of of how hard it is to make movies. 
is that he'll do like Bubba Hotep, which was amazing and had a nice big cult following. And although didn't make anybody rich, I'm sure made its money back and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it was a good, like, I don't know, five or six years between that and John dies at the end, mm-hmm. I think. And then another couple of years between that and this latest Phantasm, which he's produced. But I think that's just it. I think it's just, it's hard to make a movie. And especially yeah, hard to get money. Of that, of of the genre that he works in. Now it's, it's horror movies are doing well, but it's kind of like you have to hit a franchise. You have to make a paranormal activity and then make five or six of those. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're remaking Phantasm anytime soon. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. It's um, it's this age-old franchise that, although it's as old as Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, doesn't quite have the pop culture, like the mainstream um, base that, you know, the, 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 the merchandise or the spinoffs. Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street had, had toys and had, you know, TV series kind of strangely spun off from them and and remakes mm-hmm. and phantasm although there's five of them now um i don't think the average everybody every moviegoer knows who jason is or can recognize the hockey mask but not as many probably recognize the the tall man the tall man and the uh the sphere mm-hmm. kind of thing but but yeah so it'll be fun to kind of see the the original restored and jj abrams approved Yep. I don't think they did anything to it, like added new scenes or anything. I think no, it no, just, it's just new picture, improved yeah. picture and sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And JJ's just kind of thrown his weight behind it, I think, because he's a fan. Mm-hmm. And I think he helped. The bad robot people helped restore it. Yeah, which is cool. Maybe he'll do that more now. He's just kind of, mm. he, he has the, uh, the money and the resources to take old films he likes and put his stamp of approval on it. Mm-hmm. I wonder, will it have the bad robot robot attached to the front of it i think so the trailer does oh yeah new trailer's pretty cool cool uh but yeah so that's uh that's this week at the mayfair and some halloween stuff coming up um andrew's off to work now to go work the kickboxer Mm -hmm. show the The second kickboxer extravaganza if anybody was at the first one it was quite chaos it was (laughs) i don't know what tonight will be like but probably a little bit calmer but the first one was red carpet and media and a packed house and fancy cars yeah, and 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 I'm very nice for him, but I think a lot of friends and family and there to mm-hmm. see see uh, their boy done well. Um, but yeah, so that's the encore that that Andrew's off to tonight. Mm-hmm. But um, so go to MayfairTheater.ca for upcoming premieres and all our dates and show times for all the movies playing this week. Yeah, uh, go to House of Targ across the street from us. Yeah, to check, check out their pierogies. check out their listings. They got all kinds of cool stuff coming up. And then audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast, where you can download a free audiobook. Yeah. And there's all kinds of things to recommend. I'm not sure about this week. I don't know. Is there a Ghostbusters audiobook? Probably. There's probably, probably. something Ghostbusters probably related. Probably something Ghostbusters yeah. on there. Go, go download something scary. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you soon. See you next week. Bye.